All right, we're continuing to discuss child training, and I want to, I've decided, uh, over the years collected so much material here that uh, it's too much, so I'm going to skip over a few things and just dive in this morning and talk about the issue uh, of honor uh, and what that means, honor as it relates to authority. We all have authorities over us. We have God to start with. He's the ultimate authority. And then the scriptures tell us that God himself has placed certain people to be authorities over us. We know that in the family with parents and children, husbands and wives. Uh, we know that in the workplace uh, with bosses and employees or managers. And oftentimes there's a stair step of hierarchy in that regard. Those who are above us, we know that in the civil realm with legal authorities. We know that in the church. So, in other words, the way God made the world was covenantal in structure. It's a, there are these little governments that are parceled out, and each of those have somebody who's not just in charge in the sense of telling everybody what to do, because ultimately all of those authorities are accountable to God. Their job is to implement His authority, His rule, and to do so righteously, to do it with grace, uh, to do it with love, to do it with uh, uh, purpose. And they, and they are all uh, in, accountable to him for that. So all who are in authority will also give an account for how they used the authority that they were delegated. And then the Bible tells us how we, when we're under authority, and oftentimes it's both, you may be an authority somewhere, and you may be under authority somewhere else. Uh, so none of us escape this. We're, we all come into the world as babies under authority. And then as we mature and grow, God may give us authority and place us in a position where we have responsibility. That's the way to think about authority is when I'm the authority, I have a responsibility toward those who are under my care and I have a duty toward God whose, whose care I am under, whose authority I am under. So every one of us is embraced by the fifth commandment to honor father and mother. Some of us, again, hold what uh, Westminster uses the term superior. Some of us hold superior positions uh, of authority as parents, pastors, bosses. And as such, honor and obedience is due to us only to the degree that we honor and obey God who gave us that authority. So if we're a human authority, we the very nature of that is that it's limited. It's not an unlimited authority. God has unlimited authority. Our legitimate authority only extends as far as God appointed it. For example, children are to obey their parents in the Lord. So if, if a parent is requiring a child to sin, then that child, particularly as they get older and are able to, uh, may, is not under obligation to obey a parent who is requiring them to sin. You know, go down to the store and steal something for me um, or lie for me. Uh, no authority has the right to require those who are under them to disobey God. Uh, as we read in uh, Scripture with uh, the apostles when they were arrested and under the Sanhedrin, 
And, and Peter says, we must obey God rather than men when they were ordered not to preach the gospel, for example. So failure to submit to legitimate God-ordained authority, the Bible describes as rebellion against God himself. If you resist legitimate authority, you're resisting God. So you can't disobey parents and not also at the same time be disobeying God. Um, you can't disobey parents, elders, teachers, bosses, or the leaders of the state unless they're requiring you to sin without simultaneously disobeying God. When uh, parents, for example, undermine other authorities in front of their children, they are also undermining their own authority. They're teaching their children, if you don't like an authority, if you don't agree with an authority, again, we're holding the exception... If that authority is requiring you to sin, that's one thing. But when you're critical and when you undermine legitimate authorities, uh, you're teaching your children this is how you handle authority that you don't like or that you don't agree with. So that will come back to bite you because you're an authority that sometimes is going to say things and do things they don't like, and you've already taught them what they're to do with that which is do an end run. God commands, Ephesians 6.1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Gets down to this, children are only given one command in the Bible with two parts. Now, of course, they're Christians. They're to tell the truth. And all the general commands apply to every Christian. But to, to, to be specific, the command given to children is to obey, to honor and obey parents. So honor and obedience are kind of parts of the same thing. Um, Hebrews 13, 17, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who give an account. Let them do so with joy, not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So the child is to honor both father and mother. In other words, there's to be From the child's perspective, no substantial distinction between father and mother when it comes to the duty of children. Essentially, the Bible, you know, again, commands honor father and mother. They're one entity from the child's perspective. But why? Because they have the same mission to raise godly children. They have the same standard, the Word of God. So father and mother working together in this mission to raise godly children, are one. Both represent, both parents represent the same authority. Father and mother, uh, excuse me, uh, parents must likewise recognize that their administrative authority is to be unified. And that's sometimes a challenge. Sometimes parents have different opinions about what should or shouldn't be done. So that's another issue that has to be worked out. But what's presented to children should be a unified uh, parenting authority. So when a child disobeys or disrespects their mother, for example, it should be seen as equal, if not greater, a greater offense to the father, since their mother, in this case, is the father's representative. Um, a child should learn very early that to oppose mother is the same as opposing father. Husbands should be should demonstrate their clear support of their wives 
when it comes to insisting on children honoring and obeying their mother. That ought to be 100% clear. Um, because there's going to be a point in the future where uh, your children, particularly your sons, may be physically bigger and stronger than their mother. And uh, now what? When she's having to look up. Okay, by then, the principle ought to be very clearly established. Uh, this is not about stature or muscles. Uh, it's about position and duty and, and honor. And, uh, and so that is, uh, that's what you're after, of course, is the heart, uh, in the, in the situation. Um, Parental authority is but a portion of God's delegated authority. Again, all authority belongs to God. Recognizing their respective positions in the household, fathers and mothers then work together to train their children. So, and I would suggest together, ultimately fathers, but together uh, mothers and fathers work together to establish the household rules, the penalties for breaking the rules, along with the enforcement of the rules, all of that should be done as mom and dad submit to the word of God. So we're here to implement his word in principle. Now, obviously, that'll look a little different from household to household. It'll look different as your children grow older. As the dynamics of your household are constantly changing, the word of God doesn't change, but the circumstances to which it is applied do change. And so you should expect that. What worked uh, six months ago or a year ago may have changed. So there's going to always be a need to uh, make certain adjustments as you go. Um, Fathers should listen to mothers. They're God-given helpers. Uh, Mothers should be devoted to implementing and upholding uh, the rules and the penalties, remembering her primary duty is to her husband. Um, uh, So wife is not always right, but she is often right. And in my case, more often than not, fathers are not always right either. And so that's why we work together and we listen. When fathers and mothers don't work in harmony here, the results, uh, the result in the children is always bad. They, they pick up on the conflict and the tension, uh, and the home can become very stressful, ugly, and unhappy place to be. Now, well, I want to get into some kind of applications of this today. Honoring authority is demonstrated in several ways. What does this look like? What, how do we know whether it's present or not? Um, there can be no true honor if there isn't first a godly attitude. Everybody has their moments. Everybody gets grumpy. Everybody didn't get enough sleep. Somebody doesn't feel good. Uh, they had a rough day at school or at work. Not excusing sin, but those are things that cause almost all of us to do things, say things, to have attitudes, tones of voice, looks in the eye that we shouldn't have. So we know that kind of thing is going to be there, but we, we're called to, to bring that under dominion, to honor God in, He knows that. When He says, to rejoice in and for all things and to give thanks for all things. Does he know that we live in a sinful world with sinful people? Yes, he knows that. And he still says, I want you to give thanks for it. I want you to rejoice in it. I want you to 
to, to live in that context and still honor me. Um, so rebellion is first nurtured in the heart. It's the product of sinful pride. The number one problem in your house, it starts with fathers and mothers and children, is selfishness. It's all about me. I am the center. Everybody needs to be thinking about me. In fact, often there's an assumption that everybody is thinking about me and that everything was done to impact me. And and that's just not true. Most people aren't thinking about you at all. Um, That's comforting to me sometimes when I'm feeling uh, some pressure is that um, most people are not thinking about you at all. But we think we're the center of the universe. And again, two two two-year-olds in a room with one toy is my definition of immaturity. And uh, I have two dogs now. I didn't know dogs had this problem, but they do. If somebody picks up a toy, suddenly the other dog thinks that they need that toy. And the, the battle is on. Usually it starts out playful. And then it goes from there, but that's another story. Um, The attitude of rebellion is nobody is going to tell me what to do. It's none of your business. I am in charge of my business. And so leave me alone. Don't tell me. But you see, as a child, if my parents took that attitude, then my parents wouldn't be loving me because it is their business. They are my keeper. They're there to teach me, to protect me, to discipline me because... Like scriptures say, whom the Lord loves, he, what? Chastens. And do I like it when he chastens me? No. And he, you know, I don't have to like it. Right, Rachel? Right, right. Rachel knows the, uh, how many times you don't have to like it, you just have to eat it. Okay, it's broccoli. I don't like broccoli. You don't have to like broccoli. You do have to eat broccoli. Liking it is a bonus. Okay, you get to like it and eat it. Um, fathers, um, let's see here. First uh, Timothy three one through five describes the general rebellious attitude of those who refuse to submit authority. Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah saying, "This people honors me with my, their lips, but their heart is far from me." They might say, "Yes, sir," or "No, ma'am." And I honor you with their lips, but inside there's seething. So children must show and must be required by their parents to show respectful attitudes, first toward their parents, and then toward everyone who holds a superior position over them, which, by the way, is almost everyone. They should also even display proper attitudes of respect toward their equals, which is usually their siblings and friends. Parental authority must be honored and obeyed with the child's words. So attitude first. Words. They must be trained to use appropriate language of respect when addressing and responding to their parents or to other individuals, uh, particularly other adults. And so when a child is permitted to use disrespectful language or to ignore the adult who is speaking to them, This is a form of disobedience and honor. One of the things you can do with little children right away is teach them to look somebody in the eye and and respond. Don't ignore. Don't just keep walking. 
you stop. If you see your child doing that, you st- come back here. Look at Mr. Jones in the eyes and shake his hand and say good morning or thank you or hello. Remember, you're, if selfishness is the problem, selflessness is the lesson. Denying yourself, not just doing what you want when you want to. What we want to teach our children is what they're going to have to have. Is Remember, we're raising adults. How many of you do things you don't want to do every day? <laughs> How many of you do hard things you don't want to do every day? I mean, some things you really don't want to do every day, but you have to do them, and you have to do them with a good attitude. So why not start teaching those lessons right away? Because those are the ones that are going to be the most important for life. Um, and of course, uh, so when a child is permitted to use disrespectful language or to ignore adults who, sp- who are speaking to them, that is dishonor and disobedience. Children honor their parents, then third, by their actions, of course. Submission, respect, and obedience are demonstrated in what we do. Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. I service alone is not sufficient to honor those whom God has placed over us. Um, so when we obey our parents and other authorities, we're not only honoring them, but God. Uh, Colossians 3, 22 through 24. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Uh, You have baptized Christian children, and so this, again, is what we're teaching them. You, when you clean your room or when you do the chores or when you do this, you're doing it unto the Lord. He's watching. He's observing. So the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother, is the only commandment with a specific promise attached that your days may be long upon the land. Both, uh, you know, primarily this is talking about fullness of life, prosperity. Um, honoring parents in the Lord ensures uh, familial and society, societal unity and continuity. Uh, rebellion and, re- and, revuls- and uh, revolution result in family and social decay and destruction. Those, again, the covenant blessings, covenant curses, life, death. That's what's at stake. So biblical faith is generational in scope, faithfulness at all levels. Those in authority need to be faithful, those under authority, and that produces many generations of secure and prosperous people. Um... And then Paul even extends this promise. Uh, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth, not just in the land of Canaan, but now he says the whole earth, because at this point the gospel has gone to the whole world. Um, so... Um, any genuine hope for the future rests on the faithful keeping of the fifth commandment. So I'll ask, how are you honoring those in authority over you? Attitude, words, actions. We're not all fathers, we're not all mothers, but we are all children, and we all have parents. Um, 
Notice the scope. Children, obey your parents in all things. So if your parents are not requiring you to sin, then your job is to obey, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Are you pleasing the Lord? Uh, open With open rebellion or eye service only, with grumbling on the side, or do you consciously honor God by honoring those he's, he's placed over you? So, Let's talk about uh, respect being a two-way street because we're talking about children honoring and obeying their parents or respecting their parents. But we parents have to show respect in order to receive respect. Now, the, the commandment to, to respect or to honor and obey stands, but it's a whole lot easier for our kids to do that if we're showing respect. We don't have an obligation to obey them, but I do believe we have an obligation to honor and respect them as gifts from God, as fellow Christians, as our charges, as the ones we care for. Um, We have to love our neighbor. We have to teach by example. We want to show them what that looks like. That comes in our tone of voice, right? Our attitudes toward them, our words, and our actions. How you speak and treat each other as husband and wife in front of your children, and privately for that matter, may be the most important way you teach your children about respect. Everything you try to teach your children will hinge on your example. Many parents do fail to respect their children. They rule by force. They're authoritarians. Put my foot down. I'm bigger than you. Shut up. I can yell louder than you. I can can make your life miserable. And don't be surprised then when they try that. As soon as they get the opportunity, they say, well, this must be the way you get what you want. Um, This is important, child to parent. Sibling to sibling, child to adult, child to child. So respect is the one lesson you have to teach your children all the time, not just occasionally. If you fail here, you will fail everywhere. So like so many things, this is simple. It's not always easy, that's for sure, but it is simple to remember The one thing I have to teach is to teach my children to show respect. Instruct your children on how to show respect at every level. Here is how to respond. Here is how to ask a question. There's a right way and a wrong way. Probably a lot of wrong ways. Here's how to disagree. I want to teach you about that. What does that look like? How to show respect. How to listen. Okay, look me in the eye. No, look at me. I'm talking to you. Now, what did I say? Let them say it back to you. Show that they were listening. Acknowledging you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Obeying. Doing what I said. That would be an indication that you heard what I said and that you're respecting it. Uh, uh, So the, the son honors the father. The father honors the son. 
Remember, we want our hearts of our children turned toward us. That means our hearts have to be turned toward them. It's a reciprocal situation. So here are some ways, again, that respect um, should show up. First of all, in humility. You can't be arrogant and respectful. Teaching them not to think too highly of themselves. When you hear cocky, braggadocious, I'm the best, that doesn't mean you have to slam them. It does mean you have to guide them. We want them to be good. We want them to be excellent in things they do. We want to praise them when they are, but when they go too far with that, and when it becomes a self-congratulatory, look-at-me kind of thing, we need to bring it back. We need to tap the brake. We need to help them understand, no matter how good you are, number one, it's a gift from God. Number two, there's probably somebody better. I saw... I was watching a, a little like kid, uh, Oriental kid playing the guitar, just shredding it. And somebody made a comment: "There's nothing that's done on earth that a seven-year-old Asian kid can't do better." <laughs> um, so uh, it's good to remember that there's probably lots of folks that are better than you, no matter how good you are. It's good to remember that however good you are, that can be taken away. Um, so uh, humility, looking after the interest of others, which is self-denial. That's humility. Somebody else is more important than me. That is really central. Uh, gaining, teaching them that you gain and earn respect. You make deposits in the bank of respect. By doing honorable things, uh, respect builds up over time. Self-respect, what does that look like? That means integrity. What is, uh, integrity, if, if I had a chain, uh, let's say it was 50 links long, and I said, this chain has integrity, what am I saying about it? That each link does its job. You, you know the saying, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Well, integrity means it runs all the way through me. And so integrity is, another way of putting that is, we want to teach, we want to do this ourselves, and we want to teach our children this, because they don't do it naturally, is doing the right thing when nobody's looking. We can count on you to do What's right, even if I turn my back, if I leave, leave the house. That's true for all human beings, right? We're sinners. Uh, that's why, um, Adam and Eve hid from God. We don't want this man, God to rule over us. We want to be our own God, do what we want to do. But remember, what we're trying to teach our children is to govern themselves under God. That's maturity. And we're all still learning that, but uh, that is the goal. I used to say, you either govern yourself or I'll govern you. Those are the only two options. And both of those under God, of course. We're not creating some separate standard. I want to get to the place where you don't need me to do that. 
reinforcing good behavior. That means praise, parents. That means congratulating them when they do well, thanking them, um, showing gratitude for that. Um, We talk to them about how you lose respect. Respect comes from trust. We don't respect those we don't trust. Trust and respect can be lost in a moment. Um, and then, and I say that, but how do you regain trust? Well, it usually comes slowly. But if I, I coined a term, uh, virgin trust. Um, so if a man and woman are married and they're faithful to each other, uh, a husband or wife might say, my husband and my wife would never cheat on me. But if that person cheats, and they may repent and be forgiven and restored, but now we can't ever say that again. So there's a real, there's really something powerful about virgin trust. It's that thing that gives a, that's why I, I tell a lot of young couples who are dating, uh, preparing for marriage is keeping your promises is maybe one of the most important things you need to practice and learn. So why don't you make some promises to each other and then demonstrate that? Because in life, when things get hard, that's what you're going to need. You're going to need to know that the other person does what they say they'll do no matter what. That's the kind of trust we want to instill in our kids. And we want to help them. They're going to fail. They're gonna fall short. That's not a, that, that's not even uh, debatable. And then we're gonna be gracious and we're gonna help them. We're gonna guide them. Uh, we're gonna discipline them. Why? Because we love them. It's really as simple as that. Um, maintaining respect through labor and service and initiative. That these things matter. Don't wait to have to be told to do your chores. Just get up and do them. That would be a way you could build trust, kids. If you know you got something to do, just do it. Don't have to be, always have somebody remind you to do the thing you're supposed to do every single day. That would be a way, so you know what, that, I'm really proud of my daughter, my son. They're really growing up. <laughs> I don't, I don't have to tell them to do their homework. I don't have to tell them to pick up after themselves. They just do it. Are they going to need that the rest of their life? Is that going to impact their marriage? Yes. Is that going to impact how they raise your grandchildren? Yes. Teaching them to respect all authorities. Uh, how you speak about those in authority. Even when Michael the archangel rebuked Satan, who used to be his boss, uh, he said, the Lord rebuke you. Uh, there's a, a deference there and, and uh, I think a demonstration of what we understand about our different positions that I don't speak about those in authority in hateful, derogatory, condescending ways. I can disagree with them. I would suggest that we even need to guard ourselves when it comes to speaking of things like our current president or other political leaders that we 
have strong disagreements with. There's a right way and a wrong way to do that. Praying for those in authority. Praying for your teachers. Praying for your bosses. Praying for your parents. Praying for seeing parents pray for their bosses. Um, Praying for your pastor. He would like that. Uh, How about showing, teaching them to show gratitude to authorities? What's one of the issues with kids? When you were a kid, I'm talking to those who are grown-ups now, how often did you express real gratitude to your parents? Didn't you take a lot for granted? (laughs) I did. Um, Hopefully, as you get older and you have kids, you go back to your parents and say, thank you, I realize now, you know, what you had to put up with with me or how much you did for me every day. I, I know sometimes as a pastor, just like you as parents, I can feel that way. Like there's a lot that goes into this and then not a whole lot that comes back sometimes from some. Teach your children to write a thank you note, to go up and speak. To, they're not going to do that naturally. That's not comfortable for them. But say if they're a school teacher, something other than the annual um, coffee mug for Christmas, which is nice. But it also, you know what's even nicer? Uh, is what I call the hit and run. Kids, this is a note to you. Um, some of you I've told you to do this specifically. When your mom's in the kitchen doing the dishes and you walk through, every now and then, just walk up behind her and put your hands on her shoulders and say, Mom, thank you for what you do. And then walk out of the room. It doesn't have to be a mom, I need to sit down and talk with you and tell you what a wonderful human being you are. You can do that too occasionally. But the hit and run is you're getting out of the car and your dad is taking you somewhere for the thousandth time. And on this day, right before you close the door, you turn around and say, Dad, thank you for taking care of me and getting me where I need to be. You know how far that goes? And then when you teach them, hey, sometime this week, I want you to thank somebody at school, one of your teachers. Just walk up to them and say, thank you for teaching me. Or at church, speak to somebody, an adult here at church, or anybody. Think of something you're thankful for and tell them. What would that do for you if somebody did that for you? Just a little thing. One of the things we loved about uh, what Mrs. Hall used to do with her cards, right? Yeah, she was standing there at the back door handing out. That means she, you know what that meant? It meant she had to think about you when she was writing that card. She had to spend some money. She had to spend some time. She had to think about you. And she had to find you. How many times? I could barely hear. Do you see Mr. Landrum? And I'd, oh, he's over there. Okay, thank you. Because she couldn't find everybody. What a wonderful example of gratitude. Powerful. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to go make homemade cards, but everybody can be taught to do this. This is how we change the world. We start with the world we live in, and we do things like this. Respect for siblings. Tone of voice. Body language. I'm sorry. No, you're not. 
You're disrespectful. That's what you are. And you're hypocritical because you're saying you're sorry, but you're not. Which, by the way, that's a separate subject, which is a start. I'd rather you say you're sorry and make you say you're sorry, even if you're not yet. I want to make you do the right thing, even if your heart hadn't caught up yet. Um, uh, so sometimes that's where these come in handy. Um, the Bible says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod will drive it far from him. So there's some kind of connection between the backside and the heart. Um, we used to call it the attitude adjustment. And amazing, it worked so often. Suddenly, things were happier. We had a moment of tears, only to, you know, then finally followed by sunny, happy disposition. Maybe it took a few minutes. Tone of voice, hurtful words, violence. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. That, that ought to be your standard in your house for you and your children. Zero. And that includes yelling, cursing, name-calling, anything, and then physical expressions of any of those things are well. So, you know, a punch, a pinch, a shove, that's another form of communication that is uh, unwholesome, unclean. Let no unclean words come out of your mouth. Teach them to respect strangers. Teach them to respect people who are not like them. Especially people who are not like them. We're all made in the image of God. Teach them to associate with the lowly. Oh, I just want to hang out with my friends. I hear that all the time, particularly about teenagers. Young, te- oh, I just want to hang out with my friend. You look up and there's this little cluster of look like geese and they move in unison. And if anybody else comes along that's not part of that, there's, maybe it's not hostility, it's just it's not welcoming. You don't fit here and we're going to let you know that by our looking at you a little bit sideways. That's a sin. The Bible says to associate with the lowly. They may be beneath you. Maybe they're probably after you get to know them, you may find out that they're quite a bit above you in a number of things. And then, of course, you teach them to respect God in how they worship and how they obey Him. And so there's a whole list of things here. And I want to conclude with this thought this morning about overindulgence undermines respect. The overly indulged don't know how to honor and respect. Their attitude is, you owe me. The nurtured and disciplined know how to deny themselves and how to give to others. The overindulged believe they're always a victim of something. Everybody else is mistreating me. And that... You know, we've got a world full of victims. Are there real victims? Yeah, by the way, everyone in this room is a victim of something. Maybe a lot of things. We've all been mistreated. We've all been uh, sinned against many times. So guess what? You're not alone. I 
I'm tempted to say, get over it. Um, Many times that's exactly what we need to do. Many times what I need to do. Stop licking my wounds and feeling sorry for myself and get up and just get joyful and do the right thing. We are to honor our parents, not because they are necessarily the best parents, not necessarily always respectable, but because they are our parents. Perhaps some parents are finding it difficult to have their children honor them because they don't honor their parents. Remember, you teach way more by example than you do by your words. So honor and respect is the critical thing because selfishness and self-centeredness are the enemies. Those are the things that sinners do. So when we kind of keep those things before us, then those daily decisions uh, become, it matters how you just spoke to your sister. Come back. No, you don't talk to your sister that way. How do you talk to your sister? Do you not remember? Why don't you tell me how you talk to your sister? I guarantee if you do that a lot, if you'll ask the kid, what should you, what did you do wrong just now? 90% of the time, if not more, they will tell you exactly what they did wrong because they know what they're supposed to do. Now, what should you do? Ask for forgiveness. Okay, go for it. Now, what should you have done? And what are you going to do next time? All right. Now, next time, if when there's a next time, and there probably will be, you may have other forms of discipline to bring. You know what? I need to help you remember. I have multiple methods of helping your memory. Okay? Because the goal is for you to remember what God requires of you and to do it. Because this pleases the Lord. And by the way, it'll make you happy too. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us, that you discipline us, that you correct us, that you care about us, that you have given us children to love and to care for. We thank you for our children. We thank you that you've given them to us to teach them your word, to to pray for them, to love them. Help us to do so faithfully. Help us to honor them and respect them and help them to honor and obey us as parents as well as the other authorities in our life and to do so with joy. Bless us now as we go for worship in Jesus' name. Amen.